Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. Well, I did, uh, I was on the Musicians Union board for, I think, five years, and I was also president of Music BC, and so I did a fair amount of lobbying for different, for advocacy for musicians and artists' rights. And probably the, one of the biggest ones was appearing in front of Canadian Heritage for the the neighboring rights, which was Bill C. And that was in Ottawa. That was in Ottawa. I flew there and appeared in front of Canadian Heritage when that whole bill was being put, which was actually was part of the the big uh, update of our copyright law. That was actually uh, was was John Chrétien. We were talking about that earlier when we met him, but he, his government brought in sweeping changes in copyright, which to this day for me and many musicians has been a good thing because we get performance royalty from uh, airplay in the, uh, around the whole world because Canada signed on to this WTO agreement. And I had a, you know, I had a part of fighting for that. Right. But it was, uh, it's, it's basically the right, they call it the neighboring right, because it, it's the right that neighbors songwriting and publishing, because songwriting and publishing, of course, you get performance royalties for when your song gets played on the radio. Well, now as a performer and as a maker, the maker would be the record company, the performers would be the main artist, and then the side players get a royalty from performance uh, on a, when a song gets played on radio throughout the world. So. Yes. Up, uh, so up until the neighboring rights thing was implemented, uh, a person would come in and let's say they're they like there's a story that uh, you know people have played on major hits and and their fee they got seventy five dollars one time payment see yeah. you later yeah. and that song goes on to be played for forty years yeah um, fifty years now with neighboring rights they will get their let's say seventy five dollars it's much more than that of course now but uh, they would get that money and they would also share in any of the Sales? Or, no, no. Or is it sales? It's, no, or just it's, perfor- no, it's performance. It's, it's just it depends because different countries have like Ch- Japan has a thing where you actually get some money off sales, but it depends whether that's there's so many different levels and different like if it's a union contract, there's different levels like reuse fees and but that's different. Neighboring rights is just it's like a right that you get. But you got to make sure that you register. It's no different than anything. Like a lot of guys, you know, how many times you hear guys, I never made any money off that. And you go, well, did you uh, actually do the paperwork to register it with, uh, with, uh, with Actrax or whatever uh, collective it is that collects these royalties? And uh, they go, oh, I never knew about that. <laughs> so, you no, know, it's, it, it's, that's the thing. It's like anything. And, and I keep, can't, you know, mention this to musicians in a, in a in a stark terms but it's like it's the music business music business so you have to under, understand the music industry and all the different streams of revenue and and that there's paperwork to do in order to get paid for this stuff and if you don't do the paperwork you don't get paid yeah well i'm hoping that we can touch on a few things today and, and actually have them in in the links on our notes here yeah on where people can research these things yeah so one of them of course is neighboring rights that we sort of just glazed over uh but let's say okay so joshmo uh, uh uh joshmo has an album he wants he wants to do uh a, 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 an album and he wants to release it but he wants to make sure that he's got his rights covered. So sure. step one, the songs are done. First of all, you would register with, with SoCan. Right. 
if you're if you're Canadian, yeah. if you're in the states, it would be ASCAP or BMI, and yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. sure the other ones in the world. I'm sh- well, every every country every country has their own. You know, every country has their own writing their. Uh, their their affiliate for dealing with copyright as far as for songwriters and publishers and for the neighboring right as well there's different every okay. every country has its own collective but if you belong to one here and you cut deals to work different territories and stuff but that's that's the more elaborate okay, part of it. okay so let's say okay let's take let's say i released an album and i want to make sure that my songs I can maximize any money that I can make yeah. and I'm protected. Okay, yeah. so my first job is I register those songs with SoCan. Next, yeah. what do I do? Well, then you want to register the, you know, with, with Actor Rax. And then as a performer. Rax is R-A-C-S. R-A-R-A-C-S, Rax. There's some other organizations because there's competitive people that will that will collect. But that's the one that I chose to go, go with for, for Canada. They collect a lot of stuff throughout the world for me as well. There's other, there's, you know, there's, if, if it's union stuff, uh, recorded union stuff, you'd go with uh, AFM, SAG-AFTRA in the States. Uh, there's, there's Sound Exchange, which is a, another one in the States as a, as a feature performer. Uh, and then there's, and then you'd also, as a record company, you have to register your neighboring right. And as a, obviously as a, as a record company, you have to register your neighboring right because you're entitled as a record company to get neighboring right through, through uh, connect or uh, uh, connect music in Canada. It's another organization where you register your, the, the metadata for uh, all this stuff's got metadata that you have to, you know, fill out the right paperwork. It's not that complicated, but you know, if you research it, you can figure out how to do it. But there's a lot of okay. different stuff. And if and if a person is um, okay, so we're touching on something. If so, you're you've recorded an album. You, you got uh, so can neighboring rights. Oh, I know what it is. So you want to. You also want to make sure that you the song, the, the album, and the sessions are in our union. Correct. Well, you, yeah, you well, ideally you do. Yeah, you for the, if, music, for the musicians' union. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you want, if you're working for somebody, you want it to be through the musicians' union. Depending, if you're doing your own thing, you can do it as well. Uh, it's it's always it, it's always good to try and have a third party do that. It can it, that that's kind of I would suggest that you try and do that as much as possible. For me, it's like I tried to get all these album sessions and stuff that I worked on. I tried to get put through the musicians union because you get reuse fees. For right. instance, a song like kickstart my heart. I mean, I was doing a session with, uh, that's a Motley Crue song. Yeah. Motley Crue song. And I was doing a session with Bob rock and we were sitting there and he's going, Mark, we were doing that album. Did you think that kickstart my heart would be like the, like the major song for these guys? And, you know, and I thought, yeah, it was a great tune, but that song has been in at least 20 to 25 different major motion pictures or major television shows. So now if you did a, as did that under the auspices of the musicians association, every time they do, it becomes, goes to a new show you, you go, you file, it's filed with the union. You've got to follow up with the union and they will, you'll get paid over a reuse fee for that new use. And now because you've filed this new use, 
because you've done the new use, then it goes the 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 record, the film industry and the TV industry for big shows. They have every year they put millions upon millions of dollars in this fund that's divvied amongst the people that have that have it's so it's a new another royalty that you get every year for the performances in these different TV shows. That's another stream of revenue. And a lot of times you've got to be your own secretary on that. If, you, if you're not full, like the neighboring, right? Once you do that and you cut the deals, you'll get that money. You don't need to worry about it as long as you do the paperwork correctly. And if the song's getting played throughout the world for, for, seven, for, till you, for 75 years after you die, your estate will continue to make money off that song. Mm. Interesting. I, I, remember, I remember talking with Gabe, the late Gabe Delorme now when we were hanging out. And he was, of course, he wrote all the songs like You're Like My Eye and Basketball Jones, all the stuff for the big Cheech and Chong albums yeah. and the movies and did the soundtracks. He did well with that. But it, one of his biggest claims to fame was the, the rodeo song. Well, it's yeah. below and I don't go. Yeah, yeah. That, that song, it was a hard for him because people thought it was public domain. Yeah, and so pe- people would record. There'd be these heavy, heavy bands like big recording contract bands that would throw it on their album as a joke, not realizing that somebody actually wrote that song. Yeah, and they yeah. would just put it on without giving him any credit, and he would have to chase it down himself. Absol- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I remember he, that was one of his biggest complaints. He says, "Why do I have to do this for me? Like, yeah, why yeah. do I have to chase this down? Should there not be a place that's looking out for me as a songwriter? No, you know? there's, it's like any business, though, unfortunately. If you don't look after yourself, you, nobody's going to look after you. So these organizations like the Musicians Union and all of these collectives, they're there to do stuff. But you have to make sure that you do the paperwork. And in, in, like I said, in the instance of the Musicians Union, if you do something, you have to, I mean, I'm for, I make a joke about it to you all the time, but it's like I watch tons of movies and TV shows, not just because I enjoy doing it, but it, in case I run across some of the stuff. Of course, now with the internet, it's much easier because you can do a search and find stuff very, very quickly. But still, I've, I've been watching a movie on a plane and I go, whoa, there it is. I've got home. I think and I, I sang on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then you go, I go home and if I check and see if it was a union gig, I phone up the union and I say, this is this. They... Three months later, I get my initial payment, and then I continue getting my royalties from it for for years down the road. But I mean, that's you don't if you don't keep on top of it, you don't get remuneration. Hey Mark, <laughs> yeah. so obviously you come from the traditional side of the of the of the music industry, right? Where you know record companies and this sort of thing. But now yeah. we had this shift to a digital age and yeah. digital music, and people are having to really put more effort into self-promoting and, yeah. and, 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 uh, and that side of it. How has that changed in relation to the stuff that we're talking about now for those artists that are now trying to break into the industry? They don't get the traditional roadmap. Well, they still have to do, they still have to do exactly what I said. They still have to register stuff. It doesn't matter because the streaming and, and stuff is coming, is being paid through organization through, through some of these organizations that I've mentioned. So you want to make sure that your paperwork is together. So you do get paid for this stuff because streaming is only going to go up. And I know a lot of uh, people my age get upset with streaming because they think, you know, you, there's, you know, it's taken away the CD and the album. But the fact of the matter is, as artists now, like if you hit it big now, 
you make it like guys like uh, Justin Bieber, Drake, they make more money than Paul McCartney and the Beatles and the Stones combined, like when they hit it now, because they're streaming, they're doing like 16 million, seven, 7 million streams a week or whatever it is, or maybe even more than that. So they're making a lot of money off it. So, so it's the same kind of tools and principles apply. It's just that the, the, it's instead of it being the radio station and the TV station, now it's become the internet. And countries like Canada right now are working to update. It's up to musicians to be proactive to to make sure that the copyright laws are up to date so that we start to get, you know, the money that we deserve. But that that's always been that way, and it's going to continue to be that way. But they have to be active and and really, you know get behind lobbying to make changes to make sure that they get money but all the tools the organizations that are set up are you still need to do that type of stuff uh in order to get paid for your streams and downloads and and still i mean the key is with the streams and the download is that you want to you want to try and get your stuff out there and hopefully link up with a company that will shop your stuff for film and television use because that's where you can make headway in the industry today is if you can get a placement in a movie or a TV show. So. Can, we, can we back up a bit? Yeah. Um, we grazed we, over Spotify and all these streaming services. There's musicians out there, yeah. like you had said, musicians out there that, oh, Spotify, it's a ripoff, it's this, it's that. Can you, now you have a bit of a rebuttal on that. Can you sort of explain yeah, what you I mean don't, by that? I mean, I, I, I understand. The problem is, is that the, the uh, tradition of the musicians that sign deals with, with major labels, right? Major labels, they got deals where let's say they had, uh, they were only getting paid 10% of 90% of retail. So they're, they're getting, they're not getting as much money off the streaming as let's say if they had their own stuff, like a Drake who has his own company now gets, he's the record company. So he gets all the money. So the record companies are making most of the money off this. So that's why you're getting complaints from some of the bigger artists that they're not getting their fair share because these records were done years ago and they're, they're getting their money from these old deals that are like really don't be yeah. So, I mean, I think those types of things too, it's almost like uh, big artists have to get together to, and I think maybe they are some of them like Don Henley and a couple, I've heard him speak up about it where they need to, to, to do a fight to re re uh, to renegotiate their old deals because it's a whole new business it is right? it's, it's a totally new world yeah but it yeah. will be but you got to remember too it used to be like when you sold in the old days like even an average band like i'll take my band crocus we 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 maybe our two records cost forty thousand dollars to produce at the time which was back in the 70s uh and we got six percent and ninety percent of of uh of retail so we got it so you're just paying the money that you get back goes against your production costs Right. And, and, and so you don't uh, you don't end up recouping. A lot of these bands never recouped, so they never made any money because they never recouped on their production costs. So now if you're a new artist and you can do your own thing, you can set up your own thing. You make all the money, you know, and of course, nowadays, it's, there's nowhere near where you'd have to spend the kind of money we did in the past. I mean, our budgets were low compared to what bands back in the day were spending on producing records because back then you had to go to a recording studio. You couldn't, we, nobody had home studios, of course. Hey, thanks for joining us. 
Check out our many other podcasts featuring vignettes and full episodes from a growing list of recording artists and other music insiders. And please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so we can bring you more great content from this and many other shows we're now producing. Available both on podcast and video on demand. <laughs>